Hello and welcome to Mummy Mentors, the show where three mums from different stages of motherhood come together to share some laughs, some support and some guidance to other mothers who are navigating this wild world of parenthood. Joining me is the lovely Maz Compton, who is a first-time mum to Henry, and Emily Blatchford, who has two girls, Alice and Lara. Hello, you two. Hi. Oh, I love chatting with you both because I love hearing your stories, these different stages where you're at. I mean, Maz, how are you heading out the door for work this morning? Well, it's funny. So Henry's 15 months old, and I. this is really the first time I've really gone back to a working capacity since he's been born. And so I put makeup on this morning and he's looking at me in the bathroom like, what What are you doing, mum? Like, he's never really seen me. I've honestly been in tracksuit pants or activewear, like makeup free in a baseball cap for 18 months pretty much, you know. And so he, it's funny because he gave me this, he sort of peeked around the corner of the bathroom and could see that I was getting ready to leave the house and sort of just gave me a bit of a look like sort of putting two and two together not cool mum <gasps> he gave me like a bit of a he like furrowed his brow a bit and was like I, it felt like he was shaking his head at me going like not okay mum and then like sort of ignored me a little bit when I was like do you want me to read you a story before I go to work darling and he just wasn't really interested in all fairness, though, my mum, who we call Yaya, was there this morning as well, and she's the world's greatest distraction. So I think oh, he can was. Can we all have a Yaya, oh, please? She's the best. <laughs> but I think he was also like, okay, mum's heading out. This is great because Yaya is going to give me all of the bad food and, you know, break all of the rules. And I'm not going to be on a schedule today because mum's not at home. So maybe he was excited to see me out the front door, too. That's not. what grandparents are for, to it break is. all of the rules. I said to mum, I'm like, I don't want to enable you but this is your shot at being a grandmother so you know what go for it it's fine I will undo all of the bad things that you do (laughs) but it's not even bad I think it's bad I think it's It's essential and and what about you because you've got your husband Mm -hmm. helping out at the moment yeah so um something kind of positive that's come out of COVID for us is that my husband Luke has been sort of been put on forced annual leave for five weeks he's not taking that in one chunk he's doing it as like working part-time for um, until October so he's actually going to be looking after the girls for two days a week that's great I went to work so I was it was kind of surreal I mean it was great and we should be doing more of this but I was kind of like bye honey like have a good day like I was putting my coat on and walking out the door yeah. and he was there feeding Lara yogurt in the high chair and I was like, bye-bye. Is he, is he looking forward to that time with the girls or how is he approaching that? Because I think for guys to stay at home, mentally it's a shift for sure. It is and it's, we've, it's been really interesting actually um, and probably a good segue into our topic for today which we're going to be talking about relationships. But him having to um, address, and he, I think one part of him is desperately excited to have the opportunity, but there's another part of him that's like, like he sits to be there the other day, he's like, oh, this is like my fourth load of laundry I've done today. And I'm like, yeah, join the club. Like, yeah. that's what I've been that's doing. That's what for, it is. Yeah. That's and the I, gig. I'm sorry, it's not glamorous, but yeah. it's Welcome to, to the world. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so um, Glenn, my husband, he's, so when he spends like you know a few hours with Henry and I might be studying or whatever I'm doing his number one frustration is 
I okay, I'll just give you a real life example. Um, I like I went out for a couple of hours. I came home and Glenn was incredibly frustrated. And I was like, "What's wrong, honey?" And he's like, "I was trying to fix the whipper snipper, as you do." Um, and he's like, and Henry was just like wanted to sit on it and like try to start it. And I'm like, first of all, power tools, small child. No, like, no, no, no. But I understand that because he he's a builder. He builds things. He like he does stuff and he has this consistent sense of achievement and when he is looking after a child reading where is the green sheep for the fourth time doesn't give him that same level of achievement and so we've had to talk about i'm like we need to lower our expectations and what our sense of achievement is when we're looking after these little ones because you can't you can't do like you might be able to weed the garden because henry loves being in the dirt but Mm. and but then you've got to make sure he doesn't eat the grubs in there like but that you've got to readjust what it is to to look after so i was was just interested on how your husband was approaching that yeah he's you know i think i don't want to generalize or stereotype but i think a lot of guys are driven that way especially if they've worked their whole adult life to all of a sudden not have that workplace to go to and be at home with the yogurt and the laundry and all the, and the nappies and the things is a big adjustment. But but also not just husbands for women. I True. think it's a massive readjustment. And and I for me I really really struggled, struggled. big time because yep. suddenly I was no longer who I thought I was Mm. and I was drowning in those baskets of laundry I remember the Ikea high chair and thinking I cannot wipe up any more squash (laughs) banana from this Ikea high chair the amount of food I used to puree I used to delight in I never knew you could actually puree spaghetti bolognese. Oh, that wow. was a particular achievement one day. Oh, wow. Yeah. All of these different sorts of things. And so for me also, it was a big mind shift. So I think, yes, it is for blokes, but also for women, we have to remember it is a massive readjustment. It and is. how can we support not only ourselves, but also our partners through this changed experience? So every week we're going to turn our attention to a pretty big topic that affects mums and this week you've probably figured it out but we're going to be talking about the good, the bad and the ugly of relationships after kids. Before you have kids your only priorities in the relationship are the two of you but once a baby arrives everything else goes out the window because it's all about them. You're both sleep deprived. You can get snappy with each other. You can feel like you're the only one doing all the heavy lifting. Suddenly, you're arguing about the most ridiculous things. Now, Em, you are in what I would call the wild times in terms (laughs) of you've got a a, a newborn and a toddler. You're in the thick of the sleep deprivation bubble. How are you coping? How, uh, how are you going? Well, I, I think a couple of weeks ago I boasted about how Lara did her first night through. That's gone out the window. <laughs> it was a so, yeah, Damn it. Damn it. But, um, <laughs> so I'm a bit tired today, but that's okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, it's, it's been funny. You just, as you know, you just kind of get along with it. But what I'm really sick of at the moment is because um, Lara's on puree still but Alice has her own little meal and then Luke and I eat our thing. Oh, that's a lot. So I'm cooking like a so lot much. a day. 
And I just can't wait to be like, to plonk a family lasagna on the table and yeah. be like, you guys just sort yourselves out. Yeah. <laughs> Can I, I don't want to dash your, your hopes here, but I'm a proud crap housewife. I love mints, <laughs> but I cannot think of one meal that every single member of my family yeah. will eat. Because no. then you know what you'll get? Alice will be like, mum, I'm a vegetarian. And you are like, damn you, Alice. <laughs> I do variety. So I'll, there'll be things removed or things added. And, yeah. But, but what about, though, in terms of, you know, with your partner, are you finding that you're bickering over the small things or you're both pretty level-headed or what? what's what's that like? Oh, it's definitely... I think it's actually been compounded as well with COVID as sure, well. Sure, because all, you've all been at home yeah, and for a like, long time. So I think, Jess, you talked about this before, about you, having a new baby is monotonous mm. at the best of times as well. But, like, not being able to take Alice to the playground and all that kind of... But Luke was... He's, my husband's in construction, which is um, an essential... So he was still physically going to work. Yeah. And I was so jealous. I couldn't even go to a cafe or yeah. go to a mother's group or meet up with a girlfriend and he was going to work. And I remember he came home one day, like, 10 minutes late. Like, really oh. not that late. And I... Snapped. Did you snap? Oh, no. It took me a while to snap. (laughs) Firstly, I was just passively, aggressively, like, stomping around. (laughs) Like, slamming, you know, just, like, being really... Yeah. And it was annoying for me as well because I didn't want to be that person. I knew logically that he was 10 minutes late and 10 minutes is not a long time and that there were... He missed his bus. Like, logical M got it. Emotional mum M was like, how dare you? <laughs> and, um, yeah, and then we, we had to have it out. And then I had to say to him, look, obviously this is an overreaction. I believe this overreaction has come because I am struggling yeah. at the moment. And can That's we... very self-aware of you to but be able... But it took me a while. I yeah. still did the, like, made myself a really strong G&T and, like, yeah, properly <laughs> stomped around, like, aggressively slurping, <laughs> looking at him over the rim of my glass, <laughs> shooting daggers. He was probably like, oh, I should have got the later bus, the <laughs> even later bus, to miss but, this but bit. But good on you, though, for, for having the discussion afterwards because it can be difficult because that resentment builds. Mm. Yeah. I know... It, with me, I used to feel the resentment of, like, for Petey, your life is the same. And no, his mm. life wasn't the same, but I felt like he was able to continue doing what he did. He could leave the house. Mm. He could go and get a coffee. Yeah. He could go and catch up with someone, whereas I felt a lot more tethered, I suppose, yeah. and trapped. And when he went back to work, he was working for 60 minutes at the time. So he was travelling a lot. And I remember he would ring me. This was before FaceTime. It was before Skype. It was before all of that. So it was just on on our mobile phones, the phone call. And he'd ring me and he'd say, oh, pussycat, I'm in Paris. And, oh, we've been been working really hard. And we interviewed this person. And, oh, then we went to this amazing brasserie. And I had steak and chips and this and that. And I just got I wasn't stomping because I couldn't stop but I just got quieter and quieter on the phone because I was thinking how dare you and and he could obviously pick up that I was not I was very quiet on the other end of the line and he was like oh how are you and I said good and he's like oh so Uh, what did you do do today? today and I went 
Well, I um, did the laundry. I, yeah, I got Allegra yeah. up. We went to the park. <laughs> I pureed her lunch, squashed banana with some yogurt, which she didn't really eat. And then we went for a walk around the block. And then I gave her a bath, and she's in bed. And then, and Petey, then it was his time to be quiet. Yeah. And never again did he do that. Like he realised that. He couldn't have those sorts of phone calls because of where I was at. And I suppose how trapped I felt at that time and that he was on the other side of the world still living this, what I thought was an amazing life. And then come home and we would always have our worst arguments just before he went on a trip because I would start to feel my resentment building Mm. and how dare you go away. Mm. And then when he He came home because he'd be jet lagged. And I'd be saying, I'm sorry, you can't be jet lagged. Yeah, I <laughs> it's need now some help. Your turn. Yeah. And I do need some help. And and it is, I think, a real struggle for many of us in especially those early days, because yeah. you are so exhausted, aren't you, Maz? Yeah. And, and you can't often you will say things that you don't mean. Yeah. And and we do take it out on those we love and those closest to us. We have the wonderful Leanne Hall with us today. Leanne is a therapist, presenter and author. And she is here to help us save our relationships. Leanne, hello. No no pressure. No pressure. I think no pressure at all. It is a tricky one. And I think it doesn't matter what stage you're at in the parenting journey. Having that romantic spark, keeping that alive. What romance? Well, Jess. it's hard, I mean, isn't it? Yes. It's really hard. It is hard. Well, maybe not so hard. It's in, in the, the some, hard. <laughs> what? What? What's a good starting point? You know, sometimes oh, <laughs> get geez, naked. <laughs> I know. I don't know what you guys are doing. Wrong. We usually get naked to start. I'm too tired, though. But the yeah. thing is, even with we're all tired. Yeah, but to me, sleep yeah. is the ultimate aphrodisiac. Yeah. And I think, I, again, I, I don't want to generalise, but for women. It takes time to get in the mood. We have a wonderful kind of fantasy life in our Mm. heads, I think, but Mm. we can't suddenly switch it on. Whereas sometimes with our partners, it's easier for them Mm. to do that. It is. And I think in some ways, again, I don't want to stereotype either, but men and women are generally wired differently when it comes to... It's a wonder we get it on at all, really, because we are very different. And it's meeting in, in the middle... Pardon the pun. It literally is about kind of coming together and saying, well, this is what I need and this is what I need. But they're not really easy conversations to have either, are they? No, especially with their child screaming in the other room. I know. And, and a lot of the time for women and men, we need emotional intimacy before physical intimacy. So we can't just become physically intimate if we're not connecting emotionally, you know. Mm. So yeah. I think it's 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 you know, turning the TV off sometimes and actually just sitting and talking and sometimes actually saying, taking sex off the table and just making it about touch and making it about affection. Connection. Um, Connection, exactly. Um, Without the pressure of it leading to sex when you're thinking, all I want to do is hit that pillow and close my eyes. (laughs) (laughs) But that that is tricky. Yeah. Because, I mean, I remember in the early days. I mean, the early days, guys. Oh, when... I've got some insights to share. (laughs) When, you know, when your babies are tiny, you feel like you don't have a moment for yourself, that your body is no longer your own. And you crave just 
no one touched me, no one talked to me. Yeah. So obviously your partner, the hand, I used to not like the hand coming over. Um, I've been there going, no, d- no. Tap, tap, No, tap. no yeah. hand. And, but how do you, because the reality is, mm. how do you manage that? Because yeah. there are two competing needs there and yeah. you don't want to constantly push your partner away. You I mean, can't do that either. I'd say to Petey, have a cold shower. Like, really? <laughs> I, mean, there's, I think there's seasons as well. Like, yeah. so for, for my experience, like, I ended up having an emergency caesarean. So, sex was off the table for longer than what I think my husband had preconceived in his head yeah. it was going to be because we were planning on having this natural birth and then, you know, just getting back on the wagon when we were good and ready. But I had a major operation. Plus, there's a newborn baby who mm. I'm feeding around the clock and and exhaustion and the anxiety of being responsible for a human life, which I know he was feeling as well. But uh, so for us, like we kind of had to really just kind of talk it out because I was like, I, I'm not allowed to do this with you because my doctor said I can't Mm, for this amount of time. And then I don't know how I'm going to feel doing this with you after I've had a human try to get out there and he got stuck. So then they cut him out of my abdomen. So like I was sort of a bit PTSD yeah. physically from yeah. my birth. Mm. And I know that's not everybody's story, but mentally coming back into an intimate place with, with my husband who I love and I trust and he's hot as, it was really challenging mm. and and it, it has been a journey to redefine our sex life. Yeah. Definitely since bringing a human into the world mm. in the drama in which mm. he was yeah. born into the world. And I and people don't have these conversations. No, they don't. You but know. I think our culture has it all wrong. We've got it all wrong. Babies are meant to be raised by village. They're yeah. meant to be. And, and they're just not. We sort of take it all on ourselves. And, and that pressure is immense. Mm. Like, it is just huge. So... And I think when you've got a little baby, you're giving, 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 giving. The last thing you can do is give then to your partner when they come home, as awful as it sounds. So, you know, for your partner to kind of be involved in in that process and that conversation and make it not about them, because it's actually not about them at all. We've, all three of us love our husbands. That's not the issue. Mm. And we're attracted to them and tick, 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 tick. But when we give, 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 we've just got nothing left in the tank. So we have to find a way of, you know, filling our tanks again and filling our cup so that we can actually be the giving person that we want to be. Because the other thing that happens then is we feel guilty. Mm. And we feel like, you know, oh, now I'm a crap wife. You know, I might have this mother thing bumbling along, trying to struggle with that. But now my, my you know, abilities as a wife have gone through the floor and I, I can't even be there for my husband. So yeah. it's just this self-deprecating crap that just goes on in our heads. So, yeah, it, it's... um. I just wish culturally we could kind of reach out and and have more of a support network when we have babies and bring the family in, bring the community in. Then you'd have heaps of time. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. because we don't have that, yeah. how can we get back in touch with our sexy or raunchy side? Because I mm. know often there's a time when you look back on your, your younger life or your younger self and think, oh, there was... <laughs> Like oh that, yeah. or you know, Why I would un- so glamorous. Well, we, but not even glamorous. <laughs> what the hell happened? Yeah, but not even glamorous. But actually, 
interested in sex. Yeah, sexy. And, and, and f- exactly, mm. feeling sexy and all of those sorts of things. And obviously, once you become a mum, you do change. And, yeah. and I think that is wonderful. And you want to change. But how can you still tap into that part of yourself mm. that can unravel, that can relax, yes. that can enjoy what is part of a healthy relationship. Because really, that's the perfect anecdote to having to be so in control and caring after a little one. It's actually the perfect balance, isn't it? Mm. But I think, um, you know, I mean, I think you mentioned before, once before, Jess, that we've all got these active fantasies that we have in our heads, and we do. And I think it's getting in touch with that and role-playing. But before that, if you've got a baby, I think I think we've got to get used to, to delegating. I, 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 yeah. You know, because I think we get stuck with the role of being a mum. Once you have that baby, I'm a mum, I'm a mum, I'm a mum. And we get stuck in that sense of I've got one role and one hat and that's mum. And we've got to realise that we, we've got more than one hat. We're not just a mum. We yeah. are who we are, you know, um, and we've got multiple identities and multiple selves. <clears throat> and so if we can delegate some of the baby caring to someone else, and there's nothing wrong with letting a newborn baby stay with grandparents or aunts or uncles, mm-hmm. they mightn't have kids themselves and they might know how to change a nappy, but trust me, the child They'll will survive. <laughs> the child will survive and yeah. you'll be better for it. So it's letting go of some of that control and embracing some of those other roles. Mm. Get back the photos of when you first met. Pull out the photos of when you first got together and your first holiday together where you're all over each other and and talk about that what was that like so put yourself back in that time when you just couldn't get your hands off each other and then go out to dinner and pretend you don't know each other (laughs) oh (laughs) we i mean we didn't quite role play as you just explained but glenn and i when henry was about i think eight weeks old we um asked my mum if she would come and um just look after henry for two hours while we went on a date and we started Every Thursday was date night and we're out of the habit now because he's a bit older and, you know, think, but we did a good sort of six month season of um, date night on a Thursday. And at first we we're like, oh, what are all the dates we're going to do? Like, let's write a list of all the dates. And then we decided to start playing tennis because... First of all, I want to be a tennis mum. But second of all, it's like this weird... <laughs> talk about fantasies. They're my fantasies. I'm like, I want to have a tennis family. But, um, but the, <laughs> the reason we decided to do tennis was because then we were unable to talk about the children. Because what I found you do so on a date night and what... Yeah. Well, we didn't do it because I had the foresight to go, oh, my God, if we sit down at a restaurant, all we're going to talk about is the kids. Or Henry, or like, oh my God, he like didn't draw for three hours today, or whatever. Because you're obsessed with your family because they're yours and they're amazing. Yeah. And so I thought, let's do something where we don't have to talk to each other, but we can still yes. interact together. And tennis was the perfect. I love it. So we did tennis every Thursday night yeah. and it was so, so fun. And also because I was recovering from surgery, it was a really great way of me to start to get my physicality back. Yeah. So just to even see physical progress every week in my ability was so encouraging for me. And Glenn was super patient because he's unfortunately amazing at everything. So he just has to sit there while I get better at things. But he was so patient and gracious and we just did this. It was just cool. And so yeah. if I can give advice to any new, new parents out there, date each other again. Yeah. And that, and I feel like that sort of kept our connection open for when the next hurdle came up, which was when are we getting back on 
when are we getting back to the horizontal tango? Yeah, yeah, you know. But it's such good advice. It's so yeah. important, and I think that idea of a date night is really good. And it might not be every week either. No, like yeah. once a fortnight or whatever's manageable. But we yeah. make we can we did it consistently, and that was. The difficult yep. thing to stick to, but also I think that's where the reward was. But Maz, you raise a really good point, which is having other things in common aside from just the kids. Yeah. Because when couples get invested and over-invest in their children in that way, what happens when the kids get older and start doing their own thing? They look at each other and say, who are you? Who are you? So, yeah. so, so yeah. starting a hobby together, and not only that, but you saw a different side to him while yeah. you were doing it. My husband's called Glenn as well, so this is going to get confusing. Oh, we've, got Glenn. <laughs> we've both got Glenn's. Two ends or one end? One end. I'm two ends. Oh, oh. There we go. They're totally different. <laughs> totally. But I think that idea of starting a hobby and an interest together, A, it gives you something mm. to talk about other than the kids, but B, it gets you get to see your partner in a different light. So you got to see him as being really compassionate, really patient. Yeah. And, and a side to him that you knew was there, but, you know, it just reinforces that those yeah. positive qualities that you see in each other. Yeah. So I love that. I love picking. It, it cool. doesn't have to be active. You can take pottery together or art classes together. We've also something. done we've also done a lot of puzzles, just saying. Oh, <laughs> puzzles are the best. Especially so now. Oh, no. We'd divorce out of that. That, that wouldn't work. Why would that not work for you guys? We're both really competitive. Oh. <laughs> really competitive and very, we both stick to, no, that should go there. No, oh, that should go there. Right. No, that goes there. So at least I you know that though. There's yeah. power in knowledge. So. There is. Okay. <laughs> I think just picking up on one final thing that you mentioned is that letting go of the idea that we can only be one thing. Mm. We're not mm. just a mum anymore and for me it became most apparent it doesn't even have to be when your kids are babies like I think about my daughters now being older I did a show called The Real Dirty Dancing last year where you had to sort of embrace your sexy side yeah and get back in touch with that and I struggled enormously because my role for so long had been mum yeah and being reliable and and sort of being in a particular box and I've always tried to not be in a box but I hadn't realized that is what I had done Mm. until I was put in a position where it was get in touch with you Mm. with who you are it is so confronting yeah Yeah. and I'm still not there yet but it was a really good lesson for me Mm. And, and I think for all of us so it doesn't necessarily um, just happen when your kids are tiny mm. or when they're toddlers it's an it's a journey yeah. I know that's an overused word but it's yeah. something that we have to stay in touch with who we are we have to work on our relationships our intimate relationships we work on every other aspect of our lives we it's put the true. time we put the yeah. energy in and I think we need to prioritize our partners, but also our sense of intimacy and sexuality. Mm. Yeah. Here. Well said. Leanne, thank you for the conversation. Thank you very much for having me. Well, that's it for another episode. Be sure to join us again next week where we'll be talking about baby milestones and how to know whether your baby is reaching them at the right stage. Until then, be sure to head to kidspot.com.au for more articles on this topic. And we'd love it if you stopped by Apple Podcasts and left us a review. Five stars, please. See you next week.